Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I am Scott Galloway. And Kara, I am pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> I knew there'd be a fly joke. Oh, my Come God. Come on. Come I, on. I, I want to I start a band, you and me, called Pink Eye and the Fly. What do you think? Pink Eye and the Fly. Um, it was disturbing. You know, it was I just, hard to look away. I just can't tolerate it when you objectify and come on, on a, comment on the looks of a white man. I'm just sick of it. I, uh, I, are we've you? had it. We've, we're sick of being objectified. A fly was, you know, a fly landed on Hillary Clinton in one of the last debates, if you recall. I don't remember, remember? that. Yeah. I don't remember that. There was a fly. It's really interesting. I, I mean, the debate was whatever. It was 40 pound of, sea, a 40 ton seal landed on her. Yeah, I know. The debate was whatever. I, you know, it's so interesting. What was interesting to me to watch the reaction today. One, that Trump then did an interview that stomped all over any good news about the debate. I mean, he didn't, you know, he didn't, like, ruin himself in the way Trump does on stage. And then he, Trump managed to say 26 things, all of which are controversial, mm-hmm. uh, and and step all over it, which is what he does all the time, essentially. What did you think of the debate? I think it was fine. It was fine. Uh, you know what? I, I really liked it, actually. I think, I, I mean, I, I watch CNN, so, the, and it does look as if, according to the post polls, that she won, especially among women. But yeah. I, th- I, thought the, I thought the vice president did a good job. I thought she did a good job. Um, but more than anything, it just made me feel like, okay, that's America. It was right. two people going at it. They were respectful of one another. I thought the moderator did a good job. Um, I didn't think she got him to answer the questions. They kept not answering. I mean, that's typical debate, but I think they should. someone should say, hey, that's not the question I asked. Please answer it. But the problem is, they should have said at the outset, you will have two minutes uninterrupted except yeah. by me if you don't answer the question. Right, yeah, um, exactly. you know when I'm, You know who I miss? Uh, who was, I think, a, would have been the best moderator for something like this? Gwen is, Eiffel. Uh, Sam Donaldson. Oh, yeah. He uh, just he yeah. just didn't take that crap in debates. He'd be like, yeah. sir, please answer the question. I mean, you're not answering the question. That, that's right. all fine and good, but you're not answering the question. But I thought it was a good debate. I thought, and only that, just Democrats. We just went we went into this optimistically, which is sort of dangerous. So it was a right. good night for us instead of going in nervous. Right. And I, I came out of the first debate with total total PTSD. I just thought it was so rattling. And yeah. this one was a good debate. So yeah, I, I felt good about I felt good about Senator Harris, I felt good about Vice President Pence, and I felt good about America. What did you yeah. think? 
Um, it was fine. It was, I don't think it matters the scooch. You know what I mean? The yeah, fly was the most right. interesting part of the debate, essentially. And, and it was metaphoric in a bad way for the Republicans. Like, you know, all that you saw, the tweets and stuff. But I think that hardly matters. I think it's just a sidelight. Um, you know, they didn't answer the questions, which was frustrating. Um, he was incredibly polite to her, which was interesting, interesting way to handle it. Um, I think he knew he couldn't be sort of dismissive yeah. to a woman. Yeah. Um, and, and she knew she couldn't be too prosecutorial, right? She couldn't be too offensive to men. I think that was kind of what was going on. The interrupting part, I don't know. She, he, that was the moderator's fault. And I thought, you know, he, he just kept talking and plowing through, which I think is what you do in these, there's like a, a he must have been taught in like game issues around yeah. the debate. The only thing I thought is he didn't, um, he wasn't, he, he's so like, he's such got a weird countenance that I think he needs to understand he's being watched all the time. You know, you know what I mean? Like he didn't seem to be aware there was a TV aimed at him. Um, and I didn't care about her making faces. I don't care. He made faces too. I don't care about that. I don't think that matters. Yeah, a lot but, of this. But I do think though, I agree with you as it relates to this election. It's unimportant, but I do think that debate was somewhat historic. I felt it was historic. And then I was sitting there watching Pence. Yeah. It really was this, this, this election does come down to, you know, kind of the Republicans are, we are the white patriarchy and mm -hmm. we are not perfect, but it's worked really well for a really long time. And you're losing the white heteronormative patriarchy and the browning of America is a threat, both in terms of what's happening. Uh, literally with immigrants and just metaphorically in terms of this political correctness and taking us away from American values. That's basically what the Republican Party is saying right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and he represents that. Pence represents that. And then you have, and then you have a, a woman of color who's a, who's the daughter of an immigrant who is, you know, a district, uh, oversaw the largest Department of Justice or the She's second complex. largest. Yeah. And she is, it really felt like the baton, assuming that Biden and Harris win, the baton is being passed in America. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of their moment. And, and this is where, this is where America officially says, all right, it's no longer about the white guy. Yeah. It's, it's, so I do think we might look back on this and think that's when the, that's when the baton was actually uh, handed over, I think. Yeah. I, I, I think know. he was fine. I think it was about 2024. The whole thing was about 2024. And by the way, there's two things I don't forgive for Mike Pence. His ridiculous stance on gay people, which is just, he has so many ridiculous well, I do stances. think electroshock therapy is a viable it, treatment it, it, for homosexuality it, care. That, Come on. I'll never look at him and be able to engage with him. <laughs> I mean, and I do think, yeah, you want to uh, just make Shock go ahead, therapy. <laughs> yeah, He's that, crazy that, about that. That'll fix it. And that'll, then, all the gay um, people I know, that'll we work. We don't need fixing, sweetheart. Oh, uh, um, that'll work. So, uh, uh, and then oh the other uh, the other issue is that he sort of stands by and lets Trump stomp all over him. And so many he just seems to just take it. And it's just a weird thing. The, the only thing I did think was offensive, and I think it does matter, is his wife gets on stage without a mask. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, can terrible. she just put terrible. on a friggin' mask? Terrible. Like, what is what is that her little moment of freedom? Like, it's just yeah, it's terrible. just like find your find your freedom elsewhere, lady. You know, it was really, I found that offensive. Anyway. What's in offensive, any case, though, just about masking? I'm, my kids just are. Just they ask people to do it. Just do it. 15 minutes. Just do it. Just I know, stop. but the, here's the thing is, they're playing to a large segment of America because uh, what I found out this ridiculous. week in my school, yeah, supposedly there's a report of my kids' school yesterday. There's a petition going around. We're blessed. We've been able to go back in person. They have a lot mm -hmm. of resources. They've been very aggressive. They're doing rapid right. testing, a plexiglass, and, uh, you know, we're blessed in that there's not a lot of density. And so far, knock on wood, everything's going fine. And 
Um, there is now a petition, supposedly, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, for the kids not to have to wear masks. Oh, it's probably some yank, cranky parents. There's always a cranky parent in every school about whatever it is. Yeah, snacks I think there's or, more than one cranky parent. Whatever. Though, it's just it's like, so come on, you've been in the politics of kindergarten or sort of rather, like I remember one about, I don't remember, it was something so dumb and I refused to even call back. Like, come on. Like, You're just a, above it. You're above those I'm kindergarten above politics. Stuff, You're above kindergarten it. Politics. I'm, but listen, Trump continued to use Twitter to govern. Uh, he was crazy on the Twitter this week. Really crazy on the Twitter. And, what do you mean uh, this week? This, well, this week was – it's the steroids talking. I mean, and he halted the COVID stimulus package. The markets didn't like it. Then he reneged the decision. And then yeah. he was obsessed no, with he looks the FBI went on. And then the insulting bar. It's just – yeah. Dude, steroids are some drug. I'll tell you that. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, are you I don't on know. steroids? I, I think actually, I think that's the real Trump. No, I should be though. I would like yeah. to. I'd like to be oh jacked. I would you like to be jacked. I'd like to be... own the most valuable company in the world. Be jacked in and be dating. Possible. You know, dating somebody. I, oh, I'm in. I'm in. Now, you on steroids would be a nightmare for me. Do you know that? Do you understand? You think really? I could use. Have you a ever pep. taken steroids? To be was, honest with me, have I ever honest. taken steroids? No, I've never taken steroids. I've taken testosterone. I went to one of these Florida doctors. Um, is that a steroid? Yes. Other than I started going it's the a little. Biggest one. My my balls shrank to the size of peas, and I started getting hair on my eyeballs. But other than that, I felt really good. <laughs> I felt really good. Why did you take that? Why did because you? Because I live in Florida, and because I'm dying, and I don't want to die, and I'm having uh, a midlife crisis of God. all midlife that will end all midlife crises. That's the bad news. Is testosterone a steroid. The oh, bad God. news is I'm in the midst of a full blown midlife yeah. crisis. The good news is I think I'm going to grow out of it in thirty or forty years. Uh, Anyways, yeah, I did three did. of these testosterone shots in my ass. How did you feel? Uh, I felt I felt jumpy. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know. I just didn't. I thought. And then I went to my doctor in New York. And, he, and I, I'm like, I'm on tea therapy. That's what they call it. Tea therapy. And he's like, what the fuck are you on testosterone for? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I want to feel yeah. young again. He's like, dude, you don't need testosterone. Get off you, it. Get off it. Anyways, yeah. I only did. I only did. Men lose their testosterone over time. Women get more of it, I think. <laughs> That's a news alert, really? Yeah. yeah. That's a hot flash. <laughs> Yeah, Speaking of yeah. hot flashes. Word is we do lose our testosterone. The T yeah. does decline. What do you know? Something bad happens as you get older. What a yeah. shocker. Yeah. But anyway, a lot of guys are anywho, on it. Anywho. I don't, I don't really, recommend it. I'm, I don't I'm really it. looking forward to Have next week. Have you ever had shots of testosterone? What, no. Any, uh, no, I have not testosterone. No. I'm trying to think if there was anything any illness. That, Sometimes they use them for different illnesses, and I am i don't think so. I don't, Not that no. I would. I would have remembered that. Um, sometimes steroids are used for real medical procedures. But in this case, it's come down. It's going to be quite a crash. It's going to be something else, unless they just keep it on them. And that's really unhealthy for someone that age. Anyway, uh, lastly, very quickly, an important scoop from Recode reporters Jason Del Rey and Shereen Ghaffari. Amazon is investing in technology to track and counter the threat of worker unionization. Oh, Amazon. What do you, what do you think about that, Kara? I think it's, what a surprise. And, you know, it's inevitable. Amazon will be unionized. I'm sorry, Amazon. You can fight and, yeah. you know, you're going to be unionized eventually. Yeah. Back to the testosterone. The thing okay. about the testosterone ah! was... Speaking of testosterone. Uh, when you take tea therapy, supposedly from that point, every time you orgasm, your voice gets deeper. And I turned into Barry White already. Oh, right. I was just Barry... And I'm already Barry White. <laughs> and, oh, All my right. God. Okay, That's good Scott. testosterone Good to humor. know the drugs are on. To next That's week good. on... Next week on... On Monday, we'll discuss your use of other drugs. Anyway, I am drug-free. Uh, we're going to need a longer show. 
Yeah, We're exactly. going to need a longer show. It's so interesting because I like take no drugs and yeah. you take a lot of drugs. It's just an interesting well, thing. Truth be told, when you, joke, when you joke as much as I do about taking drugs, it means you don't take a lot of drugs, Oh, you think? Kara. I don't no, agree with I don't you. take I a lot of drugs. I do. Anyway, all right. I, no, no Why, judgment. are you holding? I'm down. You holding? You know what? You holding? That looks like there's a fly on your head. No. There you go. <laughs> it's totally there safe. There you go. Flying. I'm sorry. I got us off track. Jason Delray. Where would the Delray, fly land on your head? More original like recode like reporting. A, more original recode reporting. What, what yes, happened? It was great. It was, it was a great What did Dreamy school. Jason Delray find out? He, is, he found out that Amazon's tracking a unionization. Of course. Of course they would. It's a threat to their business plan. It's a great story. You should read it. Okay. We're going to go on to big stories. The House Judiciary Committee, no surprise, published their report from 15-month investigation into the Big Four's antitrust issues. As a reminder, the CEOs from Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon all testified in front of Congress. We discussed that on the show. Based on the report, the House Democrats proposed a massive overhaul of U.S. laws that can make it easier to break up giant tech companies and slow their growth, yeah. probably all companies, not just tech companies. But according to New York Times, there was disagreement among Democrats and Republicans on how to regulate the companies. The Republicans thought that was a nuclear option. And over to the Right. Jim Jordan was mad they didn't discuss conservative bias. But the others were more focused on the the, the relief that that was sought. Uh, while you were out in August, Stephanie Rule and I talked with uh, Representative David Cicilline about that. Um, he was all over the news talking about it. So what do you think uh, that, that means? What do you, what do you, did you look at the report? I certainly did. What, what did you think about it? Uh, okay. I read the report. Okay. Right. I yes, thought the report and- was very simple and straightforward. That Facebook has a monopoly, that Amazon abuses its abuses its retail partners at Google with a 93%. I mean, it just kind of stated the obvious. Now, the yeah. question is, what actually happens? Did they use yeah. it as a framework to to pass new laws? But it was simple. It was elegant. It was common sense. So good yeah. for them. Yeah. So what do, you, what do you think will happen? I don't know. I, I Look, I've had my heart broken around this several times, but I do think there's a lot of momentum. It feels like something is going to happen. I think that these guys are so smart. I think other than Zuckerberg, who's really going to cling to this and go to war, I think the mm-hmm. others are going to come to some sort of accommodation or they're yeah. going to prophylactically spin something. Because yeah. I think they realize they would rather decide how this happens and have it be done to them. And I, This is my column this week in the New York Times. Yes, it should. They should go along with it, as you yeah, have said. And their stocks will go up. So. Yeah. It, you know, if Bezos becomes the largest shareholder in the most valuable company in the world, and that is a recently spun cloud company called AWS, that's not the worst thing in the world to happen to him. If all of a sudden, if YouTube trades on its own or Google Google Cloud trades on its own, that's not the worst thing to happen to Google. So, I and I said last week, and you said that the uh, that my prediction might that you didn't think it was going to happen because you thought it could all be undone. Mm-hmm. But I've said I thought that actually they might come to some sort of agreements before the election, such that Bill Barr and Donald Trump could waive some sort of you know October surprise yeah. victory. But it's I think it's coming. What'll be interesting is whether it happens to them, whether this results in law. Supposedly there's all sorts of part- partisan squabbling already. Well, you know, go yeah. figure. But yeah, this is this is going to happen. This is blown by any reasonable scrutiny, any reasonable benchmark of previous intervention around antitrust. What'll be interesting is that there'll be regulation for the app store. Or an so, overhaul we'll of the antitrust laws. I think that's really where the focus We're gonna should be. We're going to go Brandesian. We're going to go all Brandesian. Brandesian? Okay. Well, we need an overhaul of the antitrust laws to really reflect yeah. today. And it's not just, by the way, it's not just tech. It's all a lot of stuff. There's, you know, I was talking to someone at the Justice Department. They were saying there's all kinds of weird, like, monopolies in strange places. I forget there was one that they were talking about. Um, but, you know, the idea of what is consumer harm, that it should be rewritten, 
is, yeah. is all is an important thing. And one pe- one thing people don't realize is the slowness of this. You and I always complain about the slowness, but these are steps that they need to take. They need to do the investigation. They need to. They've got to look like they're legislating, which this yeah. is, which is to take time to do investigations. And then it's just a, essentially a strong arm back and forth over negotiations over how it's going to go down. Yeah. Um, I do think these companies understand, except for your right, Facebook, that they do understand this is going to happen to them and they need to sort of be in the right place to get either the least amount happen to them or what they would prefer of the inevitable. Yeah, I think that's right. It's, you know, whenever you want to cop a play, right? It's gonna, the best deal they're going to have is the one they shape. Right. And they're in a position to do that. So uh, we'll see, but we're starting to hear, Mark, Senator Warner is starting to take a more active role or be more yeah. vocal. And I think, I, I like him. I think he's a very reasoned, thoughtful voice. He has a background in technology, so he's sort of well-versed or well-suited to be a spokesperson for this. It'll just be, but, but to your point, does antitrust go more Brandeisian where consumer harm's not the test, it's market power? You know, what are we going to do around? I, mm-hmm. I think the really interesting, tricky one is going to be Apple. I think the other one, anyways, we'll see. Yeah, I agree. It was interesting, though, that Amazon did put out, like, this is not consumer harm. They're, so they're arguing a, a thing from the past. I think that was, I was looking at their statements uh, everybody loves a- using Amazon. That's not the mm-hmm. point here. And I think that's, they're, they're sort of arguing for 20 years ago, essentially. And so they really all should get fast forward on this and right away. And and right away, why not? You can control your fate in this kind of stuff. And they will have a lot of, you know, I don't think, I don't think given all the other problems we have, uh, politicians want to fight this one as much. Mm-hmm. And, and and if they let the politicians do it, it's going to be do with with an ugly looking knife, you know, a, a, a dull knife that's going to cut in the wrong way. And so I think the, it, we have to have the, the companies part of this, consumer groups, politicians, and citizens, like, uh, to start mm-hmm. to do this right. And I think it would be a really interesting thing if we if they could not do it this old way. What's interesting is this upcoming DOJ lawsuit still isn't coming. It was supposed to be last week. It was supposed to be announced. There was some pushback by prosecutors. I think they're going to release it the same day they release their health care plan. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, we're waiting for that. And infrastructure week, probably taking place during infrastructure week. <laughs> I mean, I think the problem is that Trump keeps stepping all over this stuff, you know, as there's no way to govern when was screamy, you know, he's screaming uh, on the he lawn. Looks, he, this has been such an, I mean, it's, the lawn this has been the worst belts, 30 days. I'm trying to think. I don't think there's been a worse 30 days for a president. I don't. I, I'm not understanding it. It's not. I don't know. He, he must have some like young guy there and he just yells at him to do things and then they do them. That's my. I think it's falling apart. I really yeah. do. I think when you keep, when you keep, you know, Maureen Dowd sort of summarized it perfectly after Walter Reed, after that ridiculous press conference and basically the erosion and the credibility that Walter Reed has spent decades building through outstanding mm-hmm. service of thousands of talented people. And basically, Donald Trump manages to, you know, totally screw up their brand by forcing mm-hmm. his doctor to go out and lie. And Maureen Todd summarized it like, is there anything he can't ruin? Or is yeah. there anything he doesn't ruin? Yeah. And when you think about the number of people that it, 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 we're dealing not only with the B team, they're out to lunch. There's no one there. No. I, I think it, if you look at the operations of the camera. government. If you look at the communications, if you look at the inconsistency, you think, oh, it seems like it's run by an old man who is sick. And what do you know? That's what's going on right now. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, uh, chaos is the wrong word. It's just flat, uh, irrational. The, think about everything that's happened the last four weeks. It has yeah, been crazy. a total, it's crazy town. And it's it was been crazy a, a total meltdown. You know what story you didn't bring up what? that what? we were talking about last week? Did you see that your buddy, um, has announced that he's a large shareholder in Disney. Who is my buddy? 
Dan Loeb. Oh, is he? He's not like Dan that. Loeb wrote okay. a letter to Disney announcing he owns, oh, I think, about— see? You knew that was happening. He must have called you. 1% over a billion dollars in shares. What and this is want? what's interesting. What he's, he's urging the company, unlike traditional activists, he's urging the company to cancel the dividend and to massively invest in original content such that he can go, huh. they can go toe-to-toe better with Netflix. So Dan Loeb is kind of, you know, he was sort of, he built his reputation with sort of a poison pen. And the pen he has does. gotten, I would argue, a little bit more elegant. It's a Mont Blanc pen now. It's okay. a Mont Blanc. All right. Uh, but he's saying that Disney needs to um, cancel the dividend. And that's Unusual. Uh, activists are typically like, do yeah, whatever financial engineering gets my stock up right now, return more, yeah. return more money to shareholders. Yeah. But he's saying that Disney needs to um, in, uh, huh. increase their budget. I on, shall look upon it. Yes. Yeah, so Disney now has uh, an activist. activist and a vocal shareholder. It's starting. turn on the minute. Disney is starting. <laughs> he's it's a tough starting. Customer. Turning on the mouse. Yeah, turning on the mouse. All right. Well, that's interesting. All right. In terms of getting back to the story about, about these oh, antitrust, about I think what's interesting about Trump is that he, like, look, where did TikTok go? Where did any of this go? So none of it matters until after the election. Let's just be clear. Like, yeah, it's, it's, there's nothing right. going to happen on TikTok, mm-hmm. nothing going to happen on this. Nobody, no, and then we'll see, essentially. Yeah. I think that's where yeah. we are. But let's go to a quick break to talk about Facebook making moves to take down QAnon and also uh, deal with election issues and a listener mail question from Hawaii. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. And we're back. Facebook had a massive purge of QAnon accounts this week. Long time coming. Too late. Too little. On Tuesday, the company said it would remove any group, page, or account that identified as QAnon, a sprawling right-wing conspiracy group that believes the world is being run by a cult of pedophiles who are out to get Donald Trump. This is a major, there's a lot more that goes on with those people, but that's basically what, what they believe. This is a major hardening of Facebook's ban on QAnon, and they announced that they announced in August the companies face a lot of criticism that those efforts were not enough. Of course, they were not enough. Um, they're sort of trying to clean up a toxic waste spill that let sit there for the longest time. Um, so why now? Why is he doing this? Why will this work now versus August? Uh, t- talk to me about this, Scott. 
Well, this is clearly a function of that fantastic fiduciary oversight board they put together. Uh, <laughs> I, I know, mean, they that, haven't met yet. <laughs> um, and supposedly the alternative oversight board that That's people me. put together has yeah. been taken down, or Facebook is trying to get it taken, wiped off the yeah. internet. Thank you, Facebook. No, I just I just moderated some of them. They were very smart. It was a really august group of people, I have to say. They pulled together a nice An group. An august but, group of people. I think you're even wider than Pence. A very august oh, group. Here the good lady. No, uh, no. It's the winter are. of our white diverse, miscontent. Actually, actually oh, it was a little gosh. too American is what it was. Anyway, in any case... Um, any insights about this? I mean, QAnon, it would seem like it's a layup that you look good banning those people, but Facebook took its sweet time. Look, there's a, as a general rule, you want to always, the last five minutes of any interaction you have mm-hmm. are the most important five minutes. And I always tell the kids in my class that when you're leaving a meeting, when you're leaving a social event, when you've had dinner with some, whatever it is, if you're, even if you're an introvert like me, try and turn it on the last five minutes. Try and be not yeah. you. Try and be friendly. Try if you if you're at a meeting or if you're at, wherever it is and you, you you do something, think about leaving on a good note because that's what okay. it's almost important. And, and also, there's a lesson here: when you leave a company, how you leave, are you gracious, are you thoughtful, is as important to your reputation as the ten years you spent at the company. So leaving is really important. I think Facebook is trying to go into. I think, quite frankly, all of this is because of Biden Harris. I think yeah. like, okay, a new administration is coming to town. We don't have the benefit of our unholy alliance with Trump. The oligarch strategy hasn't isn't going to work if the if the if the um, source of power gets kicked out of office. So let's try and go into the election with the impression that we're trying really hard. Yeah, uh, I think it's calculated. I think it is too little, too late. The mother of all, too little, too late. Yeah. So, I but I think they're trying to say, okay. And, and and there's already evidence that there's there's bad actors on the platform. So I think they're trying to say, okay, Biden Harris is coming. What can we do? Let's try and pretty up a little bit because this is shit has been such a dumpster fire. But here's the problem, Facebook. We have memories. Yeah. We have memories of you, Facebook. We're gonna take out some photos of just what a menace to society. We're gonna we have you on tape lying over and over and over. So yeah, I don't think it's going to work. But the I slow think- roll of this company is what I really am fascinated with. For since the beginning, it's a, such a slow roll company that it really you does love that. that. Term, it's slow sort of, roll. So it's you know that's what Pence does. That's Pence's argument. Like he slows things down to the point of boredom. And yeah. I think you know she didn't bite on that one, but that's what they've done since Beacon. Since everything, it's just they're constantly like get to it eventually. Like they did it with Alex Jones, and they did it with. You know, they just wait until it's at a crisis boiling point and then they step in. And it's just like, I want, I want to be like, just like I want to sort of be in a lot of these meetings mm-hmm. around Trump right now. Like who's next to him taking these photos? Like I want to see, I want to physically see what's happening. I would love to be in these meetings where they discuss this, where it's not like, I want to, I want to know who the screamy person in the room is like, what are we doing or not doing? And, or, or what happens? What's the dynamics of these meetings? And I, it's just amazing. They also just, uh, widen the ban on political ads uh, after the election. They'll banning indefinitely after the polls close political ads on November 3rd. Although it's not, political, enough, it's, not it's content. You, 100%. Dodos. You've been making this point. Um, you know, this new step to limit misinformation, this and that. They just, they just haven't been doing their jobs. That's, it's really just sloppiness. Shouldn't and Twitter and Facebook take down uh, all candidates' accounts saying this is, we can't have election insecurity. We can't have someone. They won't do that. But, well, I, I, I don't think they will, but shouldn't they? 
Shouldn't I don't Twitter know. Do I it? don't know. I, what I think they should do is meet, like they took forever to move that, that t- Trump was cured. This whole cure thing he's doing now. He's like, he sounds like the guy who sells things late at night in CNN. Like, if you take this, you will have a larger penis. Like, yeah, but all of a sudden, this is how sad it is. It, it, these companies are all of a sudden reaching down and finding their testicles. Because why? Because they realize he's about to live. Yeah. That's, yeah. They're, they're totally politically, it's, it has nothing to do with doing the right thing. It has nothing to do with uh, what's happening or not. What, ha- what the, all of a sudden going, okay, he's going to lose. So we're not going to, we're not going to get the knee pads out. And, and we are going to actually start acting like pretend we're fiduciaries such that when Biden and Harris show up on our doorstep, we can say, see what we did? Right. See? Right. But so what do you think, is- who are they going to regulate next? Probably white supremacists they've been trying badly. Um you know, the Proud Boys got dinged themselves by a bunch of very proud gay guys, boys. Um, who, who, what groups should, would, will they regulate? It took them forever to do Alex Jones. This QAnon thing took forever. White supremacists take them forever. Is there any, like, do you see anything happening? Well, I think in 20, I think in 22 all days, in 22 days, we all have the opportunity to regulate the white moronacy movement that has infected our, con- our country. What? See what I did what? there? See, <laughs> see what, what I did there? I don't know. I, I think it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. if it, the pendulum really swings. And they overregulate. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, that. because there is something to the notion that okay, offensive stuff is allowed to be offensive. Yeah, agreed. But disc is gone on so crazy. Um, but I think they probably will. I think they'll outsource it. I think they will actually have a body. Uh, I mean, similar to what I don't know. There's someone. There's a, there's a there's a group at the. At most major media companies, it says, "Okay, we're just not going to we're not going to traffic in this type of content. Yeah. We're not going to bring any oxygen to this." We'll see. What do you think? You're you're in this business. I'm not. I think they have no internal ability to do this. I don't think they don't think you think they think like journal. Like there's definitely. We were talking about someone I was going to have on the podcast, and and we're like, do we want to give oxygen to that? There's constant discussions about that within media companies. Should we focus on this by giving this group oxygen? And some people argue, oh, you know what? We got to really show people this. Others are like, why? You know, it's a really it's constant debate in journalism, Mm -hmm. and it it tends to go down the middle. It depends, you know what I mean? And then they ultimately end up covering it, but it's a lot of thoughtfulness goes into what to cover. I don't think there's a bit of thoughtfulness here. I think they just see fires and then they wait for them to burn. And then they, when everything's ruined, they go over and say, throw water on it. I think that's, you know, kind of like a little, a glass of water. And so I think they have no mentality. I've always told this to people. They're talking about years ago when Facebook was putting content, was working with media companies or they, they actually had a studio that Randy Zuckerberg did interviews with people at because I did one a hundred and nine years ago. So they were dabbling in media. And I was like, these people don't care. There's no difference between squirrel videos and your videos and news. They just don't have a differentiation between any of it, and they do, nor do they care. And it's not out of malevolence. It's just out of the way they are. They don't have any idea of what's damaging or what's not, and they don't want to be the ones making the decision. And so they tend to wrap themselves in this bullshit First Amendment right. stuff that they don't that they don't understand correctly. And then call it a day. That's really, I just, I don't understand what else that they do. But they will, I think the, now, of course, that we've been complaining about this, their tendency will be to over, overdo it, which has never been the point. It's talking about hate groups. It's talking about things like conspiracy groups and and things like that. And that is very different from Marco Rubio posting something stupid, which he does on a daily basis. I have added yeah, Marco uh, Rubio, uh, essentially. This you know. feigning ignorance here doesn't work. There are things they could do. They could, they have absolutely, 
uh, the ability to take the temperature of the con the, the volume mm -hmm. of content relative yep. to what I'll call the number of people who engage in that issue or yep. the discourse around that issue. They have lots of signals is what you're saying. Well, basically say when the white, the Proud Boys movement is getting um, X amount of, 5X amount of content relative to what some proxy around what is the real discourse or the real interest or the number of people who find engage in this conversation or because these aren't legitimate conversations. Mm -hmm. As soon as you start talking about them, trolls and bad actors who want to see America tear at the seams start showing up and trying to pour fuel on it. Yep. And yep. so this is a national this is a national defense issue that the, the yeah. Russians have laid out in very in stark, meticulous, clear detail in the 80s, what they plan to do, and that mm -hmm. is find divisions within our society and then pour fuel on it and let us tear let us tear ourselves yep. apart. They don't have the ability to tear us apart from the outside, so they'll they'll tear it apart from the inside. And when and when people it happens, I think it happens every day on my Twitter account. I think people show up and start they start trying to start fights. Yep. yep. And uh, so there are there it just wouldn't be that hard to go, okay. QAnon is a topic we could figure out a way, get a bunch of academics to figure out a way. How big an issue is this in our society? And it's X, X percent of people are interested in a discourse around this. It's getting 40X because right. bots run by people who are bad actors are showing up trying to make it a bigger and bigger and bigger yeah, conversation. Yeah, they get enough signals here. They should be able to regulate these things. And again, they do want claps when they do something right. And I'm giving them a tiny little, little, little tiny claps, but it's really like if if they had read Kevin Roos over the past two years, they could have noticed there was a problem. You know what I mean? Or or it is the journalists actually pointing and 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 civic groups pointing this stuff out when they have plenty of money to do it themselves. Anyway, thanks Facebook, thanks, thanks, thanks. That's let's just say thanks to them and like keep it up. But they really do have to focus on more important issues. All right, listener mail. Scott, we have a listener mail question right. from Hawaii. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Aloha, Kara, Scott, and crew. This is Ruth from Puna on the big island of Hawaii. I have two boys distance learning this year. And with this new experience, there is a lot of communication apps and learning programs like math diagnostic testing. My question is, who's watching out for our children's privacy? Will my children's Google Classroom account follow them for the rest of their lives? Do we know if the data collected by these companies is sold or shared? Are there any structures in place to protect our kids' privacy in this landscape of online schooling? Mahalo for taking the question. I'm looking forward to your answers. Ohuiho. Oh, I love Hawaii. Oh, wasn't that awesome? Oh, I love Hawaii. Ruth from Puna. Hawaii. Oh, that was Mahalo. awesome. I love Hawaii so Yeah, you ready? Well, let me just tell you, Ruth. I don't know. I think one of the issues is I think very few people have been ready for this much long distance learning, whether it's on Zoom or on Google, uh, uh, the Google chats or anywhere else. And most of these schools just grab whatever stuff was on the shelf and started using them. Mm -hmm. So there are things you can put in place in the features area to protect things and everything else. But I think it's a big, we don't know what they're using. Presumably, these companies are aware when they're being used by schools and have put st structures in place to protect the privacy. But I don't, I think this has just been foisted upon us and everybody has been scrambling. Mm -hmm. So uh, good question. And I will ask Google, but I suspect that no, there aren't any structures in place to protect them unless there are features that you click on these things where you can put in, there's all kinds of 
there's all kinds of dashboards you can put in here, but it's, these are not company, these are not stuff that was designed for privacy. And so one would assume some of it might have been, that's been used for enterprise, but in general, this stuff just started being used without a whole lot of vetting. Mm-hmm. Scott? I think one of the real, um, tragedies of the novel coronavirus that we'll look back on and think that really, that really registered permanent damage in our society is that one of the wonderful things about public schools K through six is that, um, loosely, roughly speaking, kids from different economic and ethnic groups pace yeah. at a similar pace until they get into junior high and high school and, and rich kids get access to the kind of college industrial complex. But that loosely speaking, K through six on math scores, kids melt or they melt. And with distance learning, we've seen 50% of low income kids immediately yeah. fall behind in a bigger math. problem than even privacy i agree it's and it's really tragic and just dis- distinct of even the moral argument that means we're just 50 percent less likely to find vaccines we're 50 percent likely to come up with wonderful wonderful therapies we're 50 percent likely to solve you know economic crises because we are letting letting a generation of kids fall behind and, and anyone who has kids knows your kid comes off the tracks for a year or two years it can kind of haunt them the rest of their lives. It's it, yeah. it, it, it's a competitive economy, and your kids do need to keep tracking. The the issue it goes to, and I talked to uh, Professor Sanana Ra last week from MIT, who's a colleague at NYU and is a total gangster, and he was a, a good guy. He um and he, by the way, just quick plug, he just is coming out with a book called The Hype Machine about Facebook. So the the issue of data interoperability is a really big one, and that is at one point you weren't allowed. If you wanted to, to, to go from AT&T to Verizon, you couldn't take your phone number with you. And so what did they do? Congress said, that's stupid. That's you're putting up artificial barriers. You're reducing choice. You're reducing competition. Prices are going up. And so they made it such that you had to be able to, phone companies had to let you port your data, specifically your phone number. And the same thing has to happen here. And it's not only across, all right, I don't like Facebook the way, I'm not down with the way Facebook's behaving. I want to take my contacts, my data, my network to another platform. And the same thing is here. Whatever data is happening, whatever's going, all the content that's being generated online from online learning, it has to be interoperable. It has to be something that could ideally be ported back to the school system, be ported to another platform, be ported to another software company that wants to provide remote learning. But data interoperability, I think, is a bigger issue than privacy yep. here. Yeah, I think, well, n- no, because there were huge privacy issues in New York City public school system on Zoom last year. I think, Scott, you're absolutely right. That the Even my kids are suffering, and they have everything. Like, you can right. just see them struggling. You know what I mean? Not just with just staring at a screen all day and then doing homework on a screen all day. It's just, it's not, it's Terrible not, we you. have to really... People who have means are struggling, and these kids who do not have means, even worse, not just because of how badly the, these lessons are structured, but also that they're on public networks, that they're on, like, that they, they struggle to, some some kids, if you see these pictures of them sitting outside of a Taco Bell doing things, that's a public network privacy issue. There's, these are, uh, these are uh, private companies, essentially, they're using the, 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 the tools they're using who knows what structures are in place? I don't even think these companies know who's using them because it's sometimes it's a book club, sometimes it's a school, sometimes it's this. So there, we really do need to invest in long distance education via, you know, in remote means mm-hmm. in a significant way that makes it, you know, private. It makes it exciting. It makes it easy to use. Um, it's a real area that everybody talked about working out really well, but really 
hasn't been. It's just sort of been a, you know, uh, bubblegum and bailing wire situation, including in privacy. So I would be very concerned um, and make sure you have all your privacy settings, which may not allow you to use some of this stuff. That's one mm-hmm. of the other issues. And they're very, it's super complex. I was doing it on my computer this week and I just was lost. And I am good at technology, you know, figuring out what to click and what not to click. And I got all mm-hmm. these different privacy things, you know, doing scans of my computer because I was worried about some hacking. And it just is, it's totally complex and you shouldn't have to do this on top of having your kids at home. So we do not have good answers for you, Ruth, but you do live in Hawaii, which is a beautiful place. Ruth from Puna. Puna. We really right. like that. And, but, you know, we'll see. I think this is another thing our legislators need to look into and, and our the companies. There's a real opportunity here for a great business, I think. Anyway, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, Scott, you know what time it is. Give people what they want. Not the fly, a prediction. Uh, yeah, not the testosterone. Most, There's the no most, testosterone in this prediction. The most exciting... Um, IPO or the most exciting uh, public offering of Mm -hmm. 2021 is going to be Amazon spinning AWS. I do think, I do think that uh, antitrust has a lot, has a lot of momentum. Uh, Jeff Bezos is always just sort of feels to me like two, three steps ahead of all of us. I think he's got just, I I think he's probably the smartest or I don't know, most adroit businessman. Yeah. Uh, business mind in in history, and I think he's going to say, "Well, why wouldn't we spin it? Why wouldn't we?" And I'll still I'll still control it. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a distinct company. I, I, so oh. I, I think he'll get out ahead of the curve here. I think most timing? exciting. I would. Well, agree. I, I just said I think twenty twenty one. And by the way, my timing's usually off on this stuff. I usually time goes faster. Yeah. I've suffered from the same flower, flower species suffers from, and that is time goes a lot faster than I perceive it's going to go. But. I would say next year, and he's going to say, okay, I, I don't need this bullshit. I want everyone focused on work. I'll spin. And not only that, when he spins it, it's kind of like title inflation. And that is a bunch of people are going to, you know, somebody's going to get to be the CEO. Someone's going to get to be the president. Someone's going right. to. So it'll be, and it'll it'll expand their market because companies like Walmart will consider working with AWS if it's not owned by Amazon. Yeah, and then they do deals with each other. You know, That's right. It was interesting. I was on a panel with John Hennessy's on the board of Google, you know, and obviously that. The Stanford president? Yeah, he's the yeah. chairman of the board of Google, too. Yeah. And he said some things I didn't love, um, including that people don't vote because they're lazy. But um, 
anyway, um, what he did talk about, and you could see him is that this idea, I, I proposed this idea to him that we, that they break up on their own. And he, he started with the, oh, it's complex. And then I'm like, well, oh, is it? And he's like, well, actually. And then he started to like puzzle it out. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they've been puzzling it out of oh, how sure. to do it. And so he didn't say, he didn't say absolutely not. The first move is ab- no, but then it's not absolutely not, which was interesting. So I think that's a very good prediction. So you think it's going to be Amazon first? Or, or unless, unless someone is, uh, unless someone steps in and makes, and does a deal behind the scenes with them and says, you can do this to yourself or we're going to do it to you. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, look, I just think AW, I've said, one of my predictions is 2025, the most valuable company in the world is AWS. Yeah. All right. And so, he's very shareholder driven. He has two hundred billion, but he wakes up every morning and he looks in the mirror and he says, "Hello, man, we're three hundred billion." Yeah, uh, I think he's very think focused he on his own shareholder that, value. Right? You think he does that. Oh, I, I think they're. I think they're all obsessed with making one dollar more. Er, yeah, and not only that, every everything they do um, uh, supports that notion. I mean, they yeah. just a lot everything. of testosterone, in other words. <laughs> Um, I'm back to steroids. I'm back to Barry White. Back to Barry. Oh, my God. Hello, ladies. Hello, now, ladies. You know, I have dated people with deeper voices than you, sir. Anyway, really? any What's her name? <laughs> no, none of your beeswax. Anyway, um, I have, listen I have to such me. a face for that podcasting. That is a great prediction. I think it will come true. I think that one is a is. You think sure. AWS does get spun? I, I think they're all going to be like, do we want to spend the next couple of years in fighting a, this out. fighting yeah. this? And we want to get richer. And we're going to get, it's going, it's coming. It's a train is coming. So let's get on it and let's, ru- let's run the train. And that's how they think. And so mm-hmm. they will, because they are pumped up on testosterone and they know that this is the inevitability. Mm-hmm. Okay, Scott, that's the show. Next week, guess who? On Monday, we'll be talking to Farid Zakaria. I know oh you're excited. Are you excited? Uh, He's got a big think. brain. I'm going to faint. Are you? I love Don't that faint. guy. Don't faint. I want you to lead that discussion. Yeah, I I'm kind discussion. of intimidated by him. Well, think up some questions. You have a whole weekend to think up questions for Farid Zakaria, okay? There's a okay. lot going on, especially, you know, across the... We'll talk about China. We'll talk about lots of stuff. He's, he's a, quite a erudite person. Yeah, anyway, yeah. in the meantime, email us with your questions about companies and trends at pivot at voxmedia.com. We appreciate Ruth's question from Hawaii today. Mahalo. Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Fernanda Finete engineered this episode. Eric Anderson is Pivot's executive producer. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked our show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back next week for a breakdown of all things tech and business. Little tee shot for the dog. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.